The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today we're talking all about the new Chris Jericho Painmaker NFT. We started with only 48 and half of them are gone. Uh, basically went in the last week. And once they're gone, they are gone. We will not be making any more. So if you're wondering, first of all, like I was when I first heard about this a couple months ago, WTF is an NFT. What the F is an NFT? I'm going to try and explain that to you. And if you already know and you're thinking, why do I want a digital piece of art that I can't touch or feel? Well, you can actually touch, feel and see it. And we'll explain all that. Explain uh, what makes my NFT and all NFTs so valuable. How do, it is the modern uh, and future version of art. Basically, how music and movies are turning to NFTs. Uh, so much coming up in the future, but also in the present of what exactly an NFT is, a non-fungible token. So I have David Shapiro here from Semcor Productions joining me today. His company helped me create and distribute the uh, Painmaker NFT. Uh, David has been on the forefront of NFTs and has been involved for many years, kind of a pioneer in the field. He's going to educate you guys as to what an NFT is the same way he educated me. He's also going to explain how you're able to purchase a Jericho NFT with a credit card or PayPal and why you don't need cryptocurrency to make your purchase. Uh, David and I got hooked up by Kevin Smith, who's released some very cool NFTs himself, including his new movie, Kilroy Was Here, which is the first ever NFT movie. Hollywood is all a buzz. Uh, Chris Jericho starring in the very first NFT movie. Uh, very, very unbelievable that Kevin decided to do that. We're going to hear some of his mindsets and thoughts and theories as to why he did that. Uh, crazy new world of digital collectibles and art. And you guys know I love to be at the forefront and try new things. Like Kevin Smith said, I like to be ahead of the puck, not behind it. And I mentioned how Talk is Jericho uh, eight years ago when we first started. People didn't really know what a podcast was. And now that there's literally a million podcasts out there, People know what uh, what uh, Talk is Jericho is, and we're going to do the same with the Chris Jericho NFT collection. All right, so after this episode, if you decide you want a, a Painmaker NFT for yourself, like I said, there's less than 20 left right now, just go to semcore.io, that's S-E-M-K-H-O-R.io slash Chris Jericho, and you'll see it there, S-E-M-K-H-O-R.io slash Chris Jericho, and you will see the Painmaker NFT there. It's a great piece of animation. Uh, it's a great piece of art. 
Uh, so if you want to check that out, go check it out, uh, listen to the show, enjoy it, and also enjoy uh, Fozzie back on the road for the Save the World Tour. And the Fozzie VIP and Mean Grits, there's only uh, some of those available in six cities. So go to FozzieRock.com and check out where you can meet and greet Fozzie in the cities that are left. But in the meantime, and in between time, you can also go to Fozzie Rock to get tickets for the shows. Save the World Tour starting September 2nd in Columbus, Ohio at the Newport Music Hall. Then go to Joliet at the Forge, only one hour from Chicago. And that's on Friday, September 3rd. Saturday, September 4th, Belvedere, Illinois, also only uh, an hour from Chicago. Uh, that's at the Apollo Theater. Then, of course, uh, September 5th is all out in Chicago. I will be there. Uh, September 6th in Kansasville, Wisconsin. And then we continue on. Pittsburgh sold out. Flint sold out. Cleveland sold out. Johnson City sold out. A lot of these shows are sold out or about to. So go to FozzyRock.com and buy your tickets for the uh, first Fozzy Tour in almost two years, which is crazy to believe. So we're also heading to Europe starting November 30th in Manchester, Newcastle, Glasgow, London, Birmingham, Belfast, Dublin. Uh, We're hitting Swansea, Wales. Uh, so go to FozzyRock.com for all tickets and VIP information. And stay right here as we get educated about the cool, brave new world of NFTs with David Shapiro from Semcore right now on Talk is Jericho. Over the last few weeks, you guys have seen me talking about the official Painmaker NFT, the first ever Chris Jericho NFT. And you might be wondering... Kind of the same thing that I was wondering when it was first uh, pitched to me. What exactly is an NFT? So I thought the best way to do that would be to have uh, David Shapiro from Samcor, who got me into this whole thing. And we can talk exactly what it is to people that don't know and people that do know. Uh, so just to kind of jump right in, David, just what exactly is an NFT? I say it's programmable art that uh, artists and their audience can trade with each other. And I think it is a very exciting new medium, very creative medium, where all kinds of technology and art can be brought together and commerce. Matter of fact, I've never seen anything that brings art and commerce and technology together so well as an NFT. And what exactly, well, first before you said it, just to explain. So here's an interesting thing. So the last few months, I have been searching through my entire house, storage unit, et cetera, for two Two things. One is a Wayne Gretzky rookie card, which I had for years and suddenly it's disappeared. And the other one is a Chris Jericho Corazon de Leon uh, card from Mexico from 1993, which is now valued as the most expensive wrestling card out there. Can't find it either. My reason for saying this is... That's painful. It's very painful. My reason for saying that is NFT is almost a new version of let's say a Corazon de Leon card, except for it lasts forever because you you can never lose it because it's in cyberspace basically, <laughs> right? Like you get this thing and it's and you and you you can never ever misplace it. I'm sorry to say that is not true, but I get where you're coming from. It oh, is okay. it is registered into a blockchain. Do, does your audience want to know more about what a blockchain actually is? Well, I would say, pretend that I'm the audience, and yes, I would want to know exactly what the blockchain is. A blockchain is a database that's available for anybody to check in on, which creates this great uh, aspect of transparency. So if we say we're going to make 10 Painmaker NFTs, 
everyone can check in on us and make sure we didn't make 15 or 30. And that's where the value and exclusivity and rarity comes from, right? Right. So it's an open ledger. Now, you don't have to see who actually owns each one, but you know where each one is. Each one has like an ID in the database. So blockchain is sort of an evolution of the database, a publicly curated database. You could look at it that way if you wanted to. So Bitcoin got everyone into cryptocurrency. That's a truly open, decentralized database where it has to be validated across a bunch of different people. And unfortunately, what you can lose, if you can't lose the NFT, you can lose the wallet address by which you're storing the NFT. Gotcha. Unfortunately, there are so many sad, sad stories out there of, you know, would-be Bitcoin billionaires if they just could find the wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to kind of, once again, kind of uh, focus more on this, is that when we started talking about doing the NFT, and first of all, what does NFT stand for? It's a non-fungible token. You can't make more of them. And so, you know, people started to see, well, wait a second, this is a new way to give art providence. You know, you go to Christie's, they'll say, this came from so-and-so, and and this is why you should pay $500,000 for it, correct? Right. There's a record. This is legitimate. Well, the blockchain provides that record automatically when you create the NFT. And the NFT is really just a token. It's a type of cryptocurrency. It's easier to see it that way. It's It's a small batch of cryptocurrency, you can think of it. So you you can, you know, people think, oh, you're just trading art. No, you're really trading that key. You're trading that token. And the token can be represented by art, but also can do a lot of uh, creative things. Like, for example, if we had wanted to embed a 3D version of the Paymaker NFT, the lucky person who owns that NFT could have printed that file and then gone to a 3D printer and printed it out. So you can see how creative coming down the line these things could be. It's funny when 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 it was first presented to me, I thought fungible reminded me of like fungus, and I was like, "What is this? A mushroom or something? What does non fungible mean?" And then fungible is something that is interchangeable. This is non interchangeable, like you mentioned. If there's if there's only, for example, there's four there, there we started with forty eight pain maker NFTs. That's it. You can't suddenly go, "Oh, let's do another fifty, or let's do let's drop it down to twenty. This is all there is. Now, what people are saying though, at first is like, well, why don't I just take a screen capture of this and then I'll have it. Like, why do I want to buy this? And what I was saying is that you could take a picture of the Mona Lisa as well, but it's not the original one. You have to buy the Mona Lisa to actually have it uh, and, and own it. And that's kind of what we're doing with NFTs for a modern version of that. Is that correct? It is correct. It's exactly correct. You can take as many screenshots and photos and how many times have you seen the Mona Lisa in various places, but there's only one Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. Here, this is like a limited batch, a limited run bourbon or something, you know, each each one's numbered and that's it. And, you know, we're halfway there. Uh, A certain number of very smart people have picked these up and uh, more of your audience and more people interested in NFTs are becoming aware of it. And I think the future of these NFTs, you know, are it's very open. There's just the exclusive aspect of what we're making. There's only 48 of these. Like you said, there never will be any more. If we try, if we like, hey, wait a second, we can make another 10. Mm-hmm. You can. You'll be busted right on the blockchain. It'll say, wait a second. 
here was when you printed those 48, but now there's another 10. Chris, you suck. And we're never <laughs> going to buy anything from you again. Right. Or if someone tries to print this and says, wait, wait a second, I got the file. I'm going to make more. And they go to another blockchain and they go and make more. Well, we'll all see that. Those are not the original ones. Right. So what you have is a record database of those 48 numbers, those 48 keys. And that's what the value is. I mean, you don't have a Bitcoin in your hand, do you? But pictures of Bitcoins, but they don't have it. What you have is the key, the record, the ledger, the note of value. And so this is a way of uh, providing value to art in a new way. But I think it's a great way. And I think that in terms of collectability, if you're, you have a very valuable card you're trying to find, imagine how much more valuable these can be. Well, another thing about it too is, is, is once again, kind of getting into this fairly early on. I mean, there was, there was people earlier in the year. I remember like Rob Gronkowski had, had done an NFT and his sold for like a million dollars right out of the gate. Um, now, why was that? That why did Rob's do so good? Is it because it was one of the first ones? Because he was just basically selling cards. Whereas, for example, for people who haven't seen it, the Painmaker is more of a piece of very cool animation with a lot of moving parts and a lot of additions and that sort of thing. Why did Gronkowski's do so good straight out of the gate? I think that there was a sense of very people. Some people were very excellent at creating a lot of hype around the NFT market. You have to understand a lot of people are in the crypto market to try to make money as investors, right? Right. They get very excited when it goes up or they think they got a new trend or they're going to be able to resell it, right? So there was a lot of people buying NFTs, not the million-dollar ones, or the $500, the $600 one, the $1,200 ones, the $1,500 ones. And now if you go back and look at the numbers on those, they've gone you know, way down if people realize they're not so liquid anymore. They sold hundreds of those in time. The people who buy the really big ones, well, those are always going to, those big whales are always going to be there because they can. <laughs> yeah, they can yeah. Buy. And that itself is very powerful. But we're looking more at this sort of general market of people who want to collect now, who want to own something that's going to grow in value. So as the artist, you know, when you're making these things, you have to keep all that in mind. And we're doing something that's very unique right now is we're it's less unique, but it's still unique. We're providing it both on the Ethereum network via OpenSea, which is the biggest NFT marketplace. We just put it there. But we're also allowing people to just come and buy with a credit card or PayPal. And the people say, well, that's not really on the blockchain. It is. We just created a way to buy it that way, but it's still minted on the Polygon chain. And then the Polygon chain has a bridge over to OpenSea. So we have the best of both worlds. And it's just a matter now of every, just like everybody else, is letting people know that we are actually creating the NFT. Before the beginning, everybody, there was, you know, it was very few, far between. Well, once again, too, like we spoke about this, one of the reasons why I wanted to do it now, uh, and it's the first of many, I want to create a whole kind of Chris Jericho, pain maker, NFT universe, and we've spoken about this. But when I first started Talk is Jericho back in 2013, there wasn't a lot of podcasts. Here we are now in 2021. There's literally a million podcasts in all different realms. But because I started so early, I was able to create a real niche and a real uh, a real fan base for Talk is Jericho that's expanded to this day. Same thing with the NFT. I wanted to get involved early so that in three or four or five years when everybody's talking about NFTs and selling NFTs, 
people can go, oh, wow, I heard about that first from Chris Jericho. And I remember that episode of Talk is Jericho where he spoke to David Shapiro and they discussed exactly what this is to explain what it is. Because now, right now, it is kind of a brave new world in a lot of ways where people are still kind of a little bit tentative as to what we're dealing with and what we're selling. So there's there's two worlds. And I think that uh, your project is bringing those two worlds together. There's a traditional collectible world, like, you know, people go and buy trading cards or go to conventions and pick stuff up, right? Right. They're not cryptocurrency people. They're used to buying a physical product, whether it's a pendant or t-shirt, signed, signed baseball, correct? Yeah. Okay. So by offering it this way through credit card and PayPal, we're trying to democratize, make this available, make people aware that this is a real type of collectible, a very valuable type of collectible. So that's one world. And we're sort of at the forefront of connecting an audience directly with the ability to buy cryptocurrency that way. Because remember, NFT really is cryptocurrency. I can trade it for value. The other side of it is we're making it you know, available to those who think, hey, I'm going to collect things on the blockchains because they're going to go up more value as a actual cryptocurrency, separate from a collectible. We're bringing those together and it's pretty exciting. And I would say that we, you know, had a great, you know, great week and we learned a lot and we've learned a lot from you too, because we're not really in that collectible world, but you've helped us understand that, you know, how, how people might look at it. And I'm very excited about what comes next with you. You know, it, it yeah, because once again, you know, you mentioned kind of the physical product and that's something that over the last few years we've seen a lot less of. I mean, I know, for example, being in a, being in, in a band like with Fozzie, physical copies don't really exist lps do you can see a couple vinyl behind me people want that they enjoy that but cds record stores books a lot more kindle now uh dvds gone the the physical you know product that you can hold in your hands is becoming more selective and that's i think another reason why nfts are growing because it is a piece of art it's not the physical art which you can still get if you want to, but there's a lot more to this digital blockchain art as well. Well, and a lot of people are now, um, something we talked about and you know, for future drops, or we'll get back to another topic in a second about how you can keep adding value to a past drop, but artists are starting to add a physical aspect to their NFT. Mm. You know, very beautiful digital um, a version of a very beautiful sculpture and the sculpture also gets delivered to the buyer as well. So you're starting to see a lot of that too, where people can start integrating the NFTs as additional value into other products they're selling or add other products into the value of the NFT. It's not cheapening them. It's just a recognition that this is a new art form. Like I said, it brings together commerce, art, and tech in a very, very creative way, if you can see it. As I was saying before, you could go back into the original Paymaker NFT, and no matter how many times it's been traded about, um, you can send more value to whatever wallet holders, owners have it at that moment. If you ever decided, well, the original creator, uh, original NFT of Paymaker should have a 3D printable file, because 3D printing will come along, you can make that happen. Or if you release another NFT and keep on expanding the world of Paymaker, which I hope you do, the original people can get extra NFTs if you want. It's a it's an open form of communication between the artist and the audience. 
And I, I would think that, that I do think watching how you built this particular NFT, how you wanted it to be special, I think that it is, besides being great for people who are just your fans, I do actually think you built a collectible NFT that would be valuable for the NFT collectors, the cryptocurrency NFT collectors. Mm -hmm. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How does that work? You're talking about kind of resell. I know we've... we've talked about OpenSea, which is kind of a market, it seems, for these types of NFT, NFTs. So if you buy the NFT, if you buy the Chris Jericho NFT and it's you know $650, then suddenly these 48 are all gone. Now you have on, only one of 48 of this, of this piece of art. How does the resale work? Are you putting it up for sale and saying, here it is, guys? And do, how does that whole world work? That's exactly how it works. You go on the OpenSea. And you say, you know, bid for this. The owner now gets to decide. It's his to sell as he wants. He doesn't own the actual IP of the pain maker, but he owns that object. He owns that key. And he can do whatever he wants with it. Hmm. He can resell it. He can sell it at a fixed price. He can put it up for auction. He can sell it as a package of other ones. See, that's what's very interesting about it. If you find that card, I really hope you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> me too. <laughs> about it. it makes me very sad. You're like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to convert this to money. Mm -hmm. Well, if, what are your choices? You have to go to eBay, verify yourself as a user. Maybe you're going to add a signature or maybe you have to go to a convention, right? You have to go through a lot of different stages, but if you own it as an NFT, you just go on into this marketplace and resell it. 24-7, it's very, very different. Mm -hmm. Very different reality than we've had before for collectibles. I think people are just starting to touch, you know, just starting to understand what NFTs are, both the artists and the audience, starting to understand what it can be. For example, one thing that I'm getting into that I hope that we work on together is uh, NFT gaming, where there's a game engine that runs like a regular game, but the NFTs become assets you put in the game. In other words, like if you're Karyo own an avatar in a game and you want to dress them up in the pain maker, you know, jacket, someone can buy that pain maker jacket as an NFT and insert it in the game. So I see that actually is where the real, real value of NFTs really starts to unlock itself. Virtual galleries, games, and all the rest of it. They're very interesting. You own them and they can continue to do more and interesting, more and more interesting things. How do you think that kind of the more general population is going to start understanding this? Because either when you have something new like this, either people will start to slowly accept it or it goes away, like, you know, like a laser disc player or something along those lines. Like, is the bucket already tipped already because everyone already knows what this is? Are you still having to sell this more to the general public to, to make this more mainstream, so to speak? Oh, no. I would say the, the, the non crypto people who are not like on Coinbase or KuCoin or, you know, hundreds of millions of people who are not yet uh, familiar. It's not part of their actual activity. 
um, have yet to come on board. And that's when the big market opens up. And that's when people who are smart and understand where NFTs are going will be able to create a thriving business or a thriving art form. Right now, it's still a very, very small number of people who are hoping, hey, uh, I can grab this NFT and then flip it around and resell it. Mm. We're bringing it through this initiative, really, like I said, to people who have been collecting your stuff for years, who are interested in your career, and letting them know about a new way to collect things. And even now, we're talking about it, really, if you think about it as programmable art, maybe even that's too complex. But what it is, is it's a really unique, flexible, expansive, collectible. That's much more interesting in many ways than a regular trading card. You can print it out. In other words, you can. You have. You're going to get high resolution access to the file through that key. You could, you know, on a wall mm-hmm. monitor, flat wall monitor, five K resolution. These things are coming out through wireless thing. You can look at this every day. It's very beautiful. And a screenshot's not going to do that. Like I said, you could decide. You know, uh, four months. You say this is really really fun. I've worked up. You know, the next uh, iteration of Painmaker. Like I roughed it out and all the lucky people who have that 48, I really, I really dig those people. I'm going to send out a free NFT to those people. It's not cheapening it. It's not weakening it. It's not overselling. It's just an understanding that it's a very sticky connection and no one's in between you and them. No, you don't have Twitter or Facebook. Between you. This is you, your people who bought your thing and you can communicate with them. Twitter, you might, you might try to talk to your people on Twitter and Twitter goes, Hey, you know what? Pay me for each of those people. <laughs> so people actually are taking kind of like uh, uh, the video of picture frames, for example, and putting the NFT on that so it actually hangs on their wall. There's your physical yeah. product. Yeah. And I, I would explain that to your audience too. Yes, that's that's something that they can do that really would be exciting. And I'm saying that the NFT is going to drive a lot of innovation through that kind of displays in your house. And then 3D printing and augmented reality. Well, because it's a beautiful piece you're creating. What if I, you know, have my little AR glasses on, Magic Leap or rest, you know, develop these in the future. And I put them on just for fun. And I'm looking through my uh, my NFT collection. I come to the Paymaker and I see the Paymaker doing his thing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. The new car I just bought has an AR where you see like the speed limit, you know, in the distance on the windshield. So can you see how creative that can be? So you created an asset. You created something like Pixar would own. You own this digital character now. And it's up to you as the artist to decide how far you want to take it. But the audience now gets the value of having something that you've created, just like they're getting the value of other things they bought over the years that you've made. But it can keep getting more valuable. That's what I, I love, just the whole what could be on the horizon do the whole expansiveness like you said you could do a pain maker cartoon you could do a comic book you could do a lot of different things like that and if you wanted to sell like like a limited like a comic book there's comic books that they only make 100 issues and you have to buy one of these you know i just talking about collecting uh action figures they have the chase figure Uh, there's five thousand of these chase figures and people scramble to get a chase figure they disappear like that because it's very rare and you could you could do the same thing with, with with your nfts i think there's like you have an audience that's been with you for a long time and they're interested i think part of it as an artist is to realize you know to communicate to the people who are interested in your work that this is sort of an next iteration of what you're going to be working on 
Mm-hmm. We're only there's only ever going to be 48 of these things. You have several million people who tune in <laughs> interested. Right. And it's just going to I guarantee you it's just going to become easier to trade later on. So what people are working on now is to, like I am is try to make the whole complexity of the blockchain disappear. Mm-hmm. When you see something like PayPal letting you buy Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know what's coming. Right. So to your audience out there, not to sound like I'm pitching too hard, but you know, this is something that's built with a lot of thought. And we have thought about how you can resell it. And we have thought about maybe what comes next. And there's only going to be 48 of them. So it's the question, do you find it more valuable or not? You don't have to fill your wallet with Bitcoin or swap it then for Ethereum. You don't have to do any of that. But it still has all the value of an NFT still has all the value that a blockchain delivers. I think it's very interesting what you're doing, Chris. I think, you know, I think you just need to um, do more of them. <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's a start. And also, too, it's being a pioneer in this whole brave new world of, 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 of both art and commerce. Now, let's talk about the actual NFT itself and how you created it, because... Um, and you might know the details. Uh, there's so many movable parts to this to this pain maker piece, so to speak. Is it just typical, like doing a, a piece of animation, or is there something different to it because it's an NFT? How, how does the creation of it work? The creation of it is just like building uh, an animated movie, or what we did with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we created the assets. But yes, you would do the same thing if you were building like a, a TV series, an animated TV series. We took that time to actually build the character, mm-hmm. thinking that you would want to, in the future, pose them in different ways or make them act in different ways. But yes, it's the same process using visual effects and animation. We just spent a lot of time you know, trying to make it a unique experience. So that's uh, the, what you see on the web is a web preview. It's a low-resolution version of it. What you buy is the access to the high-resolution file. Right, right. So do you have, because I know Semcore has done many things, but is, 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 are you branching off into a much more specific NFT? Are you working with an animation studio, or is that all part of the Semcore kind of in-house production? Uh, in-house production. You know, we, we are going to start working with game, NFT gaming studios. We've started working with NFT gaming studios now, and that's what I'm most excited by. Because I think that really highlights the fact that NFTs are little bits of code that can do really interesting things. I also am interested in embedding these uh, more complex files as it becomes easier to print. Have you ever taken a photo to one of those services that basically make basically makes them look like they're canvas? Yeah, of course. We have them all over the place in our house. Yeah. They're gorgeous, right? Right. Absolutely. So what we could do in the future, should you want, are you could decide now, or you could actually <laughs> later on send a file to all of these 48 people that would allow them to print that out. Now they would have their own exclusive physical art, too. I'm very interested as a studio in the intersection between the digital and physical. I think there's a lot to be done there, a lot of creative things to be done there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
So is there a lot of NFT, I don't know if you could call Semcor an NFT company or NFT, you know, uh, warehouse. Is there a lot of different platforms doing this? I mean, is there, and is there a lot of different celebrities wanting to get involved with the NFTs? I think there are, but like you pointed out, it's like a, you have to come at it like you're coming at it. You have to come at it as a different angle. It's part of your own work now. It's unlikely, like, I don't know, uh, what is his name? Adam Ashton, what's the famous celebrity? Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, he sold an FT, I don't know to who, for $6.6 million. What? You know? Yeah. What, what, did he, what was the NFT? I think it was a cat image of some sort. You have to look it up. Now, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I, I, but I think these are like very odd things. Like someone, you know, because they can, you know, flying a private massive plane to the Bahamas with all their buddies because they can, you know, they're not going right. to return. They're going to sell. I'm going to be bold and say no one's going to sell that for $9 million later. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm saying that this was a one-off thing. What, what, you, what I think people have to do now is it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity, you have to create something interesting. And you have to be smart about limiting how many there are there. You have to approach it like an artist. You can't approach it like a money grab anymore. You know, because why, why would I want it? Why would I, you know, the celebrity aspect is important, but creating the value is also important. No, and that's, I just kind of looked it up while we were talking. They did uh, uh, 10,000 NFTs. They were charging 800 bucks each, and they raised 8.4 million uh, featuring characters from a series of shorts of stoner cats. So that's a cartoon that they do. But, but so once again, for, for people that are hearing this going, who would pay that for that? Well, listen, it's the same type of people that would pay $10 million for a dot on a piece of canvas that was painted by, you know, so-and-so calling this is art. This is existence. Boom. Who the f pays $10 million for that? Well, some people do. And this is the modern version of that. So when Ashton Kutcher is selling $8.4 million worth of cat stoner cat NFTs, it's because they're limited and there are, and people have deemed it worth owning. Well, I, I have no idea about the ins and outs. So you hear all kinds of stories in the crypto world about friends buying things and groups buying things and reselling things, you know, right. to create markets. Sort of like penny stocks. Not saying it happened there, but it happens all the time mm -hmm. in the cryptocurrency space. So for people who want to get into the NFT market now, I think, I think Ashton is very, very smart the way he promotes it or went out and used his celebrity to promote it. You can't just stick something out there and hope that it works. You know, he put himself behind it. Yes. And he believed in it. So, you know, you're doing the same thing with the payment because this is your character. You created it. I don't think you can just like take a picture of yourself anymore and stick it up online and call it an NFT. You have to have some sort of concept. Sure. Going on. I do believe that. Then there is the work of letting people know, like I said, most of your audience has probably never bought an NFT before. Would you say that's correct? Oh, I, I agree. Times, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but have they bought a collectible of any sort? Absolutely. Okay. So part of the job here is not so much as selling the value of the NFT, but helping people get on the platform and understanding that they can also participate in this new sense of exchange, this new medium of exchange. Right. 
And, and that is true. So you had the question farther on back. How are more people going to get on it? Well, projects like these will help a lot. And at a certain point, it will all become uh, frictionless. Mm-hmm. In other words, PayPal will build a wallet. All blockchains will be, except Bitcoin, <laughs> be able to uh, interlink and pass files between themselves. I'm not going to get into a bigger discussion on this, but the reality is, is outside of Bitcoin, everything is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin's very, very special. There's only a certain number of them that you can print, you know, ever. And it's very complex to mine them. But for these NFTs, at a certain point, there won't be a problem trading them. You'll be able to go on your Venmo, you know, account. You know, your in your Venmo app, you'll be able to go to your Cash app. You'll be able to go to your PayPal. So people are smart and get these very rare things now. Later on, we'll be able to trade them much more easily. Well, and that's that's the thing too. Like when when you talk about you know the first kind of wave of NFTs that I had heard about when we were when we were talking about the Gronkowski, but I know there was others like Post Malone and a few others, and they just started getting a little bit just kind of stock, like you mentioned. Oh, I'll put out a picture. I think Post Malone put out a picture of like a beer pong or something, and that one didn't do as well because you could tell. Okay, now. Like you said, they're just putting images out because it's an NFT and it's going to sell. That didn't last very long. People people got hip to that very quickly. And you had to put out something with a little bit of creativity and originality to it. That's right. And and I think that the reason I wanted to, you know, once we started talking to work with you is you have a vision of a character that can keep expanding within the space of the NFT. And right. as the NFT becomes more interactive, then I see, I see that as becoming very valuable. And it's also something that's interesting to work with. We just take a snapshot of you. I mean, people would take a snapshot of this uh, thing right here or record it, make an NFT out of it. I'm not interested in that. It's just, you know, whether that makes money or not, it doesn't matter. You're trying to, you're trying to build a presence, an avatar, a, um, a world, a world online. That to me is very, very interesting. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't hesitate or feel like you're, pushing anyone to get into the nft world if you have millions of people who have never bought an nft you don't know about cryptocurrency believe me this is going to become a more and more common form of exchange right you know and those who can spend the time now a little bit of work are going to be very happy that they did and that's also why i wanted to put some time into it come up with something very unique and cool because i didn't want to just be like oh here's a picture of of Jericho from you know 2002 or here's a here's a piece of video of Jericho doing a finishing move it's like I wanted to take it to Painmaker because it's a character that I've done a little bit um, a few times here in AW a few times in in Japan but I just thought it really fit the whole vibe of what we might want to do for the NFT because it's something more fantastical and kind of lends itself to this because it is more art and more animation and comics and all that sort of thing i just thought it really fits so let's put some time to create a completely new image if we're going to do an nft let's make something that's very unique to this nft that you can't just go online and find oh here's the picture of chris that he used for the nft you can't do that this 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 image and this animation is only for the pain maker nft so we're we're about without really marketing this we uh, very quickly sold out half of them. And then you came back and you gave us some real insight because we do come from a techie background and we did we did try to make it very seamless. But now um, it's even more seamless, Chris. So thank you for that. I would say that you also 
picked a very, very fair price. Yes. For me. And let's talk about the value of collectibles. I do believe you didn't try to go out and sell these for $3,000 a pop, you know? So the people who collect these now, especially if you look at what cryptocurrency is doing in terms of becoming a larger and larger portion of the economy, we're at $2 trillion total market cap now across cryptocurrency. Right. So it goes down, it goes up. But the reality is it's, it's going to get more, right? Right. So what I'm trying to communicate to you is that this is a piece of that. It's a piece of that economy. So you allowed people to come in, you know, at a very rare amount, 48, and at a very fair price. I think it's beautiful on its own, but this is one of the things that I do think, can't promise, but I do think you've created a very real possibility that it goes way up in value as more and more people get into the NFT trading space. Right now, you can only trade with a few million people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's say we're successful and we bring your audience into doing this. Now there's several million more. Right. Okay, but there's still only 48 of these things. Yeah, I know, you exactly. Yeah. And should you ever wake up one day and feel a lot of love for those people, like I said, you can add more value. It doesn't matter if they traded it 100 times. So I think that what you did, Chris, is very good. You created real art. It's very interesting. And you created um, scarcity because you wouldn't let us print a lot, which I'm mm -hmm. glad about that. And you picked a very fair price for the collectible that I think over time is going to make the people who grab onto these very, very happy. And then I think you're going to have a lot of fun because I think then you're going to get a lot of feedback from your audience about what they want to see next. Like we've talked about this NFT game. I hope you do that. But I think that more people are going to go, wait a second, can you make some more of those? It can become a conversation. It really can. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, before we get back to David Shapiro, don't forget, if you want to check out the Chris Jericho Painmaker NFT, there's only uh, less than 25 available. Just go to Semkor, S-E-M-K-H-O-R.io slash Chris Jericho, and you can buy your very own uh, NFT Painmaker, uh, the first ever that I've ever released. So go check that out now and check out David Shapiro as he returns right here on Talk is Jericho. Well, let's talk about kind of how, how we met because there's there's a whole underlying uh, another huge thing. And then first of all, I, I was reading that I think Joe Bonamassa is doing some NFT music, which would mean that you release a song only for people who buy it on NFT and that's it. But of course, the big one and you and I met because you were producing or one of the producers of Kilroy was here, the, the Kevin Smith horror anthology. Uh, that I that I was executive in executive producer, executive producer, and Kevin and yourself and and whoever else have decided to release Kilroy was here as an NFT. It's the first ever motion picture NFT. Now that before we even get into that has caused a huge buzz to where 
everyone's talking about Kilroy in variety and, and, you know, all these different things. And of course it's starring Chris Jericho, which is great for yep. me. Yes. <laughs> it's my big break is I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeVille. How, how did you guys decide to do this? Cause that is a huge, huge gamble, but it's also a huge, like, wow. What a wow <laughs> moment that was. So that's, that's all Kevin. That's all Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's a genius. You know, Kevin's very unique because he's an equal mix. I mean, this is very rare of an artist and a um, business person. Right. I mean, it's very, very rare. You usually get one or the other. But this was all his idea. I just thought this was great. I really think this is great. And it, it opens up a lot of interesting ideas about how you can deliver it as NFT and still work with Kevin ongoing. So. So yeah, it was. It's really great to be involved, and we have some other stuff coming. You guys have something coming up together in an NFT next, right? Well, the idea is is to do kind of some NFTs based on on Kilroy was here, and of course, Kevin. You also worked with Kevin on his own NFTs with Jay and Silent Bob and all those other things. But so, so I mean, and you don't have to get too far in the to the weeds with this. But how? I mean, like you said, Kevin told me, which is a great quote: "Is is I I, I want to be where the puck is going." not where the puck has been. And obviously with this kind of buzz that the NFT is creating, the NFT movie, it's kind of what he did 25 years ago at Sundance with Clerks where he just kind of showed up and sold it there. Were you hesitant at first to, to go with this idea or was it something that you thought, well, now's the perfect time? No, I, I thought it was a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, it's um, very, the film's perfect. It's a little shorter than a, a regular film. It's really fun. It's really interesting. And I think it can live uh, on an NFT and to be able to provide someone the business of owning their own movie to show when they want to make money as they want. I think that was a brilliant idea of Kevin's. No convincing necessary. Is there any type of worry that someone will get it and put it in a closet and no one will ever see it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Kevin's working on that right now, actually. But the idea is that there has to be an agreement to do some level of showing, you know, the, the NFT. So one of the interesting aspects there is creating the usage agreement that is part of the NFT. And that will be transparent before you buy it. But it real, we're treating it really as if someone's making an acquisition. And there's, you know, there's rules for acquisition. I'm sure you, you've been involved with um, rights for a long time in terms of recorded shows there's always different things so you know kevin's working on that but yes it will get to be seen matter of fact we're hoping to have a you know once the sale is done have a special screening with the owner of the nft uh and you and kevin in tampa hmm. uh, that that would be a lot of fun so i think what kevin's done is he's just found a way to sort of see the future the things we were talking about just a second ago nfts are not stable like they're not dead they're not supposed to be images of celebrities passing things around. No, they're interactive art, interactive tradable art. That's pretty cool. Were you expecting this type of reaction to where Hollywood just went, holy smokes? No, I, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Kevin, you know, so uh, people are always interested in what he's doing and he's always pushing it. So I'm very happy with the response. Um, but, you know, we actually have that NFT of the work that you did with Kevin from the movie 
that we're releasing soon after you're done with this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty cool. It, it's oh, it's 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 completely cool. I guess what I'm what I'm kind of thinking about when I asked asked you is, I'm wondering if movie studios would be embracing this idea or whether you know is it kind of something that scares them a bit because if this becomes more of the norm i mean you know once again it's another step of technology and sometimes if something gets out of the bag you know for example when spotify first started when it was when it was napster you know kind of online music streaming to where it just became the norm and now you just put your music up for streaming and it's the way it goes. Is, is, is an NFT movie something that you can see being more of the norm in the future? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it a special thing because it's Kevin Smith or is it something where it's just going to kind of expand as the years continue? I think that if you're asking me to read the tea leaves, I think this will be kind of a unique event, a piece of pop culture, a whole movie that will be forever owned by the NFT owner. I don't think that will be too common. But one of the things my company is working on um, is using NFTs to be a better platform than something like, uh, what do you call it? Kickstarter, mm-hmm. where people can actually tokenize, it's called, create NFTs that raise the money for the film, but they also end up with this tradable asset. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just a typical investor, you know, if it makes money, you makes money, right? Right. You lose money often. Are you Kickstarter? You get a signed, you know, signed poster. Thanks a lot. See you later. Right here, you right. actually get an NFT, and it could be a very complex, very interesting NFT depending on different levels. And you could choose to hold on to it. And when the movie sells, that NFT could get cryptocurrency set to it automatically based on you know what level of NFT you got. But beyond getting the cryptocurrency back, you would also have a separate collectible to sell. That's mm. where my is moving that's I, I see that is more common for independent film financing than giving away a whole nft i think i think kevin in the end is going to find somebody out there is going to understand that this was more like a one-off event mm-hmm. that's my opinion and, and was this something that came like because we filmed that movie i guess probably three years ago and it, it was about three years ago right yeah yeah did you just not find the distribution deal that you were looking for, the sales that you were looking for? Like, why? Or was Kevin just thinking this is a little bit shorter and it's perfect to try this vehicle in a different in a different realm? Well, it has a um, interesting history to it, and you should bring Kevin on to talk more about it. But mm-hmm. It was always very experimental. It was done uh, basically to train students. And do you remember there was a lot of students on the set? Yeah, we filmed it. We filmed it basically based out of a, a college in in Sarasota, I believe, that right. was like a, a, a filmmaking college. Learn how to direct, produce, do the sound, do the editing, et cetera, et cetera. That was a collaboration between my company and the college. And you know, initially, it was a segment that was filmed that was totally going to be like a web series or a a concept reel because, you know, obviously students are learning, so you can't expect fully commercial production, but we're trying to make something good. Mm -hmm. So that first segment, you know, is fun, but it didn't get used. And because that first segment didn't get used, the rest of the segments were much better, but it wasn't a long enough movie. Mm -hmm. And so we always, we, we always were realistic about what this could be. But the idea of turning it into an NFT came about a year ago 
And I think, you know, we should just put a pin on it. Like, let's some, do something different. It was supposed to be experimental anyway. So let's really embrace its DNA and do it. We really didn't look that hard for distribution. And what we weren't, we weren't, uh, we stopped, you know, we could push and maybe we could film another segment. We had some ideas. But once Kevin came up with this idea, we stopped there because it made sense. We figure that somebody can get it as an NFT and become the distributor himself. Right. Or if a studio wants to, they can pick it up themselves as an NFT. And the NFT, you know, with the NFT, we're actually building like this whole cabin in the woods kind of thing, this whole Kilroy lair. It's not, <laughs> not just a picture of the thing. It's the actual landscape. So the NFT is what we're selling. The movie's just added on value. Explain that once again. Well, we're, we're building a section of Kilroy's lair. <laughs> oh, as an NFT. Oh. That's the NFT. Like, that's what they're buying. The movie oh. is just additional value. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, you know, also Kevin's going to speak to the owner of the NFT, you know, work with them if they want, so they can trade that NFT separately. So it was just like I was saying to you, like in the future, if you wanted to keep sending value to the NFT, but the NFT is actually this 3D world we're creating, that that's the NFT itself. The movie is just uh, something you get with it along with access to meeting Kevin. So if, you know, in the future, if you do, if I have this right, you do like a cruise of some sort. Mm-hmm. And is that where people can inter- interact with you? Well, it's not the only place, but there is there is a lot of interaction as far as, I mean, you know, you're dealing with 2,500 people. So it's not like there's, you know, Chris Jericho comes to your room and cleans your bathroom or anything like that. But I mean, it is kind of a celebration of all things Jericho that you know, people come to and enjoy and, and there's interaction and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's like going to a, a comic convention or a, a pop culture convention or a, a meet and greet at a Fozzie gig. I mean, there's accessibility that you can have with Chris Jericho for sure. Okay. So, so with the NFT, you can, you can add accessibility to it. So Kevin's going to have some level of accessibility to himself for the owner of that NFT. And you could do the same thing in the future. For example, you know, you could take people inside the world of Chris Jericho online because the NFTs would act as a gateway to some sort of digital meeting greet. Yeah, no, and, and that's and that's once again, like when we started talking about, about the NFT, there is all of these extras that you can do. And and I'm all for it because I understand people want the experience, David. That's what people pay for, and that's kind of the world that we live in now, and which is great because for example, with our Fozzie VIPs, we do a like a five song mini concert for the VIP wow. people. So they're seeing some some That's very cool. Yeah, and it, you know, like thank you. But if I was not in the business and and I don't know Metallica was doing that, I'd be the first in line because you get to see some songs they might not play later in the night, and it's much more intimate. If you're with twenty five people, it's a lot better than if you're with a thousand people just a few hours later. So. I wanted to kind of enter the NFT market just with the piece of art, make it something very cool, which is what we did, very unique. And then as we expand on it, because like I said, whether this one sold one or sold all 48, this is the first of many because I understand that I'm coming into this very early on. But just like with the podcast and just like Kevin did with the NFT, over the next few years, there will be more NFT movies and there'll be more NFT art and people will start really making it more of just 
an everyday thing. So the earlier we can get in now, the better it is. And then you can expand with more fan experiences and meet and greets and zoom calls and all that sort of thing. But, um, the sky's the limit because this is the wild west right now for NFTs. Like I said, at the beginning, it's one of the most unique intersections of technology, art and commerce. And I think you see that. Right. And I think that, I think that you can provide a great service to the NFT world through this project by bringing along your audience to understanding that this is a new medium. This isn't a fad. You can say what you want. Maybe selling it, you know, the, for high levels was a fad. But actually, this is it. This is this is much better than collectibles. And you know, I don't actually know the numbers in the collectible business. I just know they're huge. Okay, so we're just really at the very beginning of NFTs as a collectible market. And what we've done is we've removed the restriction of having to go through a major marketplace or pay with cryptocurrency, come right from your social networks onto a page, install this little browser extension and buy it. And it's theirs and they own it. Later on, like I said, it's going to get easier and easier to trade them. Mark my words. Now, you know, now you have your wallet, you know what to do or you learn, you take it over to OpenSea and sell it to people who are very capable of cryptocurrency. Later on, you're just going to be able to trade it browser to browser. Mm -hmm. So getting people on now and letting them collect when it's harder, more difficult to make and create and own is where there's going to be a lot of value. Later on, I see, like I say, this whole interactive world, like a pain maker, actual interactive animation where getting access you know, to the movie, to the game, and what you get, the experience you get is based on the type of NFTs you have. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Oh, absolutely. Like, for example, you know, um, say you're uh, playing a racing game. Depending on what NFT you have is your car looks different or goes faster. <laughs> it's a turbocharge or you win a prize. I mean, it's so much fun. That's what I'm trying to say. So you can have fun as an artist and as a business person with NFT at the same time. The tech, underlying tech is brilliant. It's, you know, in many ways, decentralized peer-to-peer -peer interaction with people. I don't have to go on eBay anymore and set up an account to trade my Chris Jericho NFT. Hmm. I feel like selling it now. I can go on to OpenSea right now. Later on, like I said, I'll be able to just ping you. Say, come on, man. You hmm. have two of those babies. I'll trade you this. And that's the way it's going to be in the future. So as, as we start to wind down here, you kind of talked about it, but for the future of NFTs, do you see more products kind of expanding this? We've mentioned music. We've mentioned movies. We're talking about the collectible art, like, you know, a new version of a Mona Lisa. Is there other other products that you can see going NFT? I think events, any kind of events are going to benefit tremendously, whether it's like a fashion show or a charity function. They call it, I don't like the term, but it captures a tokenization. Right. Have you heard that term? Uh, no, but it makes sense because it's a token, right? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so you're, you're creating a limited series of collectibles around specific events or specific items, like you said, music or films. But I think events have a huge opportunity for this. I know, um, you know restaurants are doing it. I think that it'd be very, very big for type membership type uh, experience. Like, you know, you own a membership card in a club, you can't sell that. Right. But if you own a membership NFT and every month you're getting value, things being sent to it, sent to you, and I trade it, like I told you, the blockchain is agnostic. It'll just keep sending the value to that wallet address that has that token ID. 
So that's very cool that you can trade your membership then. You can. Right. Isn't that interesting? I think you're going to come, Chris. I just think you're getting started. <laughs> I, I think you're just like. Uh, oh, completely. You know, you're just beginning to understand this is not a fad. It's can be woven into what you do already. And it's real art, but it's also real business. And that's fun. That's very fun. And I hope that your audience, they hear this, they understand what you've done. You know, you're, you're, you are trailblazing by bringing in the world that is not crypto NFT traders. I, I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm going to bet that everyone who bought an Ashton Kushner, is that his name? Ashton? The Ashton Kutcher, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, was in that crypto space and they were all on Telegram channels and they were all in the cryptocurrency world, which is totally cool. It's a self-referential tiny world. What about all the fans, all the people who don't know how to get it yet? Uh, this project should bring a lot of more people into owning something in, a, in an emerging economy. It really is an emerging economy. No, like you said, it's an emerging economy the same way that streaming was when it first came out to where, uh, you know, I, like I go back to my first podcast when I did the Adam Carolla show. I was like, why am I doing a podcast? That's something that, that kids do in their basement. I remember I said to my publicist, why are you send me to, sending me to this? I mean, I know who Carolla is, but how far has he fallen where he's doing this basement thing? And then you walk into his studio and the first thing you see is Guinness Book of World Records, most listened to podcasts at the time, 750 million listens. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and now a podcast is a thing. And here's, here's what's cool about NFTs versus podcast. Okay. Podcasts are controlled by, you know, major distribution outlets, right? Apple. I don't yeah. know where you get to it. You want to make a podcast out of your NFT or do a special podcast that can only be heard on your NFT. That's owned directly by the people who are smart enough to buy that NFT. Yeah. It's different. It's a, it's a, it's, um, at the beginning of the internet, it was all about peer to peer. Meaning, you know, you could directly communicate with people, exciting email and the rest. Um, the way I've heard it explained is then uh, layer two came. These are the big companies like Facebook and Twitter where the value of that interaction got put in a centralized database and then advertisement revenue got put around it. And so it was sort of stuck there. So all your personal interaction, uh, basically the value of you got sorted up to the owners of these big aggregators. Yeah. But NFTs and cryptocurrencies going back to sort of the fundamental way the internet's built, which is sharing data directly when people used to log in other people's computers to share research or when Skype first came out. You know, you could communicate directly. So this is just that. So it's, it's nothing new. It's just a very beautiful presentation of what the internet really is. And it allows you to trade and control your data yourself. And as an artist or collector, that's pretty valuable. That's pretty cool. Like I said, you have one podcast that you can never hear if you don't own that <laughs> NFT. Good luck to you, right? See what I'm saying? Are you, token are you tokenized one, one podcast? With your podcaster guy, whatever, yourself, yep. and just that one thing, they better have that NFT because that's how they tune in. And after that, it's for theirs forever and nobody else's. So that, that's you ask where it's going. I see it going places like that. Last question for you, David. Is there one specific NFT that stands out to you as your favorite? Somebody that just nailed it or, or, or uh, a piece of art that you, that you like the best? Yes. Kevin Smith's Smoking Token Platinum Get It, Get In The Movie NFT. That is awesome. Have you heard that thing? You no. What, what is it? I don't. I don't want to ruin it. It's him and okay. Jay. They created a special audio track, and you 
you bought this thing, and then you're in the movies. You got a cameo. To me, that was breaking the fourth wall. That was brilliant. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. Super hilarious and very beautiful too. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you. I'll send you a link so you can see what he did. Yeah, please do. Please do. Uh, like I said, it's great to get involved with you in this so early on, and I'm excited to uh, be educated and also to educate. Uh, people who might not be sure what an NFT is because I came into this completely a novice and you're helping me learn uh, each step of the way, even though sometimes I get frustrated, but uh, <laughs> at least uh, we're, we're learning and, uh, and I appreciate that. And it's, it's like I said, the first of many, and uh, I look forward to the whole NFT future, not just for me, but for everybody listening and, uh, and everybody that's interested in it. Thanks Chris for having me on and uh, thanks for working with us. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. 